Well, let's give that to Jesus Christ here today. Why don't we honor Him? <laughs> my, my, what a God. What a God. Who has a God like our God? There is no rock like our rock. <clears throat> you may be seated. Praise God. I am honored to be in this house tonight. And I do want to give honor to whom honor is due, and there's a whole lot of it due. Pastor Bass, the first lady of this church, I think they deserve a lot of honor for this house. Why don't we give them an applause? Thank you, Pastor. For this meeting. Only eternity knows what uh, meetings like this produce. Uh, we can't judge anything before the time, but uh, I can judge already quite a bit. It's doing good. Praise God. And I want to give honor to Brother MacDonald and Brother Smith. My, they put the bar high so fast. I thought I'd bring it back down tonight. They put it up there. I'm telling you. I heard, I heard it. My spirit heard that. Amen. I knew, I knew me and God had a rendezvous here at this meeting. It's more than just a, a meeting for me. I, uh, I determined this will be a life-changing experience in, in my life. You may not need one, but I desperately need one. One man that was very uninspired, he said, these are the best of times, and these are the worst of times. And you can choose which one you want. But I'm telling you, I'm glad to be alive right now. I don't know when the gospel is more needed than right now. And my attitude is that God has not made a mistake. By joining you and I with this end time. Don't charge God with folly and foolishness. Complaining about the end time. These days are tailor made for a man that knows where he's going. Tailor made for a man and a church that's got their head on right. Never been a better day for the apostolic church. I feel that strong in my spirit. And I don't mind telling you I'm glad to be alive. And I think God's up to something big. He's a great big God. He will not be outdone by Satan and his crowd. Just take it from me if you hadn't heard it. He's got a great big plan going on. And we're part of it. This meeting's part of it. <laughs> what God's going to do here tonight is part of what God's up to. He's up to something big. Amen. Let, would you stand and let me bring my little thought here tonight if I can. I give honor to these great men. And there are great men here tonight. I do believe with all of my heart that if the book of Acts was written today, that some of the men in this place, names, would no doubt be somewhere in that book. I am honored to be with these men. Praise God.
What I, I like about this house, there's a sense of humility. I don't really feel any big I's and little U's. I felt Wednesday night, last night, a sense of humility. I felt it in Brother Smith today. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, when you take humility out of the mix, you have no holiness left. Oh, you have a self-righteousness. This is the root. This is the soil. This is the ground. That holiness and righteousness, and it's got to grow from a sense of humility. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Praise God. The book of Genesis chapter 12. I um, want to read a few verses and then I want to go to chapter 18. Now, I, I can't be anybody but me. I really can't. I never have tried to be. So it's too late to start trying now. I got to be me. Praise God. Verse number one, now the Lord, that's Jehovah, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, that's three things, unto a land that I will show thee. Then he's going to talk about seven great, great blessings that's going to stagger this fresh, uh, can I use this word convert? Potential great man. And I will. This is not a conditional promise. I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. Not only will I bless thee, but thou shalt be a blessing. We need some of that in our life. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Say praise the Lord. Uh, leave your Bible open and please be seated. Chapter 18, the book of Genesis. And the Lord appeared. Everybody say, He appeared. He appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. You know some of these places. <laughs> if it wasn't a man of God there, you'd never hear about them. Men dignify places. Men put places on the mouth. Wherever this was, he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door. And he bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight... Pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Pass not away as you have in the past. I need you to stay a while. I need to, to maintain you here with me. I want to talk a little while, if the good Lord would help me and if you would help me, uh, about this thing called when God 
pays a visit. Let's pray right now. Father, I need you. Oh, oh. Let's open up our spirit just a minute here today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray just a minute here. <laughs> oh my. Oh, let's pray. I feel a spirit of prayer. Pray just a minute with me. God's up to something in this building already. Oh my. I feel a spirit of deliverance in this house. I don't just say that. I feel deliverance in this house. The Word's already doing a work here. Amen. 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 There's 24 years at least between these two readings. And uh, I want to introduce you again, if I can, to one of the great men, not just in the Bible, one of the greatest men that ever lived, Abram. He's the father of all the faithful. And uh, he uh, got a call in Ur of the Chaldees uh, uh, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 2. And Stephen said, the Lord appeared to him and called him out of the land of the Chaldees, Babylon. That first voice said, I want you to separate yourself. Now... I don't want anybody to get afraid that I'm going to preach a sanctifying separation message here tonight. But I am telling you the first call from God is always to separate yourself from the world. Said, I want you to separate yourself from your homeland, from your father, and from your, your, your nation. I want you to get up and get out. And leave them behind. And so he gave them seven such stupendous blessings and promises that was so much bigger than Abraham could even perceive. To start off with, this was bigger, much larger than Abraham was. The mission, the message was bigger than the man. God had to wait till the man... Got as big as the message. Sometime the message is so much larger than us. We want God to build a ministry and God wants to build the man. And so God is going to have to wait. But nevertheless, there are six appearances. Six appearances. Chapter 18 is the sixth appearance, or the sixth voice, or the sixth dream, or the sixth vision in these six or seven chapters. And in these visions, there is a progression. God is going to make a covenant with this man. This covenant is going to have three large aspects to it. It's going to have a land aspect. 
And it's going to have a seed or a descendant aspect to it. And it's going to have a blessing that everything in the whole world is going to be blessed through this man. And here he is, and, it, and if I could go back and read each one of them to you, it certainly would, would add. But let me just tell you that as he talked to them through this thing, it was always God talking to Abraham. Always God talking to Abram. Never a dialogue. It was God describing. It was God initiating. It was God beginning this tremendous thing. This is the third time now that, that God has started over. Well, the second. He started over with Adam one time. Now He's going to start over with Abram. He is going to bring a man. Instead of cursing and judging the whole world, He's going to start over again. He's going to find a man where His gospel is safe, where His truth is safe. And He's going to start all over again. And if one man is going to produce a family that's going to produce a nation that's going to produce the Messiah. The Messiah is going to produce the church and the kingdom of God on this earth. Say praise the Lord. And as I, as I read this, many times it said the Lord appeared to him. Now, this word appear uh, does not mean he comes to stay. It means that there is just a manifestation, just uh, a little bit to evidence that something's there. It's a special feeling. It's a consciousness. It's temporal. It's abbreviated. It's quick. I read in our USA Today, where the illustrious governor of Illinois is in the midst of an impeachment process. And he said he requested to make an appearance. He don't want to stay for the whole sordid thing. But when it's all over, he just wants to make an appearance. I only said that to sort of define the word. Appearance. And it also said that Governor made several numerous appearances on talk shows this week. So he was there and he was gone. And so when the Lord came to Abram, it was only a fleeting thing. But he did leave some quite. Uh, uh, a resume, uh, quite a bit of promises. Man, it was so big, it would, it would blow your mind. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Hmm. He went on to say, you know what? I'm going to give you all the land that you see. I'm going to give it to your children's children. I'm going to bless you, and it's going to be so much anybody that blesses you, I'm going to bless them. And it was so big. And I can imagine him coming home to the tent. And Sister Sarah said, what did he say? Did he 
appear today? Yes, He did. What, what did He say? He said we're going to have a son. He said we're going to be blessed. He said we're going to be used of God. Basically, He said we're going to have revival. And so two or three years would go by and He would appear again. Sometime in a dream. Sometime in speech. Sometime it would be a word from the Lord. His Bible was growing a little bit. I don't know if he was recording them. I think he probably was. He was writing writing them down. And this is turning into years now. We got promise after promise after promise. And we got prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. And we've got a backlog of dreams and services you won't believe and meetings where God just comes down and kisses the earth. And you would have had to be there to believe it. We've been to conferences after conferences and no doubt angels was in that place. And we come home with a blessing and a whole lot of promises. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Lord. I want to preach a little bit tonight when life demands a change. When life demands a change. Yeah. I want to tell you that this went on year in and year out and year in and year out. Until in the 15th chapter, God came and as usual, He appeared. And He tells him, said, you know, I'm going to give you a seed. It's going to be so, and, it, and, and on it went. And, and, and for the first time, Abram spoke, spoke, spoke. All this other time, God was talking. And for the first time, He opened His mouth. And he talked to God. And it was negative. It's a question. How? How can it be? See, and I have no seed. All I have is this Eliezer. Is he going to be my heir? And he said, no, it's going to be one coming out of your own body. Say, praise the Lord. I hit a trail here in a minute. Amen. And he said, well, said, I tell you what. And the Bible said that Abraham mustered, well, my word, he mustered up enough faith to believe God for the seed aspect of the promise. And God said, I tell you what, that faith is accounted for righteousness. That's the kind of faith that makes righteousness. Then he went right from there to the land aspect. And he said, you see, all of this land, I'm going to give it to you and your seed and to their descendants. And they're going to be like the dust of the ground. Not only that, but they're going to have a spiritual aspect. They're going to be like the stars of the heaven. 
you're going to have a natural seed and you're going to have a spiritual seed. Praise God. Abraham started out with two men. I think we all start out with these two men. He started out with Terah, which was the old man. I don't mean that disrespectful, but it was the flesh. And the flesh had to die, and he started out with Lot, which represented the world, and the world had to depart before he could get in a place with God, before this friendship. This is where I'm going. Friendship. I want to talk about when God pays a visit and why God pays a visit. Oh, help me, Lord. And so he comes to this this land aspect of this tremendous covenant that's in the making. He's a covenant God, and he's got to have a covenant man. He's a covenant God, and he's got to have a covenant church. I am telling you that night he took that cup and he said, This is the New Testament in my blood. He put this church under covenant with him. Under the new covenant. Somebody say praise the Lord. Oh, I hope this means something in just a few minutes. But when he comes to this this land aspect and they don't even have a child. I don't even know if they got a puppy. Man, we're talking about, and here, here I am up in age. And Sister Sarah's about, oh, probably 90 and holding. And this overwhelmed him. He said, how can it be? Faith for the seed. But I don't have faith for the land. Let me tell you what God does, and I want to help somebody now. When the promises of God are too big for you. And when your faith is sagging and has not been developed to where we can receive the benefit and the blessings. You see, God's a big God. And when you run with a small thinking people, it's hard for God to do a big thing. When you run with people who who don't know and don't believe that nothing's impossible for the God I serve. And when your measure of faith is not big as the promise, God made a provision for that. He gave him a covenant. The covenant is to enhance our faith. There is nothing that builds faith like a... The promise is good enough for a man of God or a woman of God. Where, where, but, but, uh, but it's not good all the time because we hit some lows. And so you've got to understand, God says stronger than a promise is a covenant. It's a legal contract. Oh, I, I, I feel like I'm getting bogged down here. It's, it's, it'll stand in court. You can take it to the bank. It's a contract. It's an agreement. You can say, God, you said it. If it's in the covenant, you don't have to ask for it. You claim it. 
If it's in the covenant. Promises. I want to tell you God's as good as His Word, but but promises sometimes have an if in it. It has a condition in it. A covenant has no if in it. This God in this new covenant said, I will forgive your iniquity. And since he cannot forget, he said, I choose not to remember your sin. Sometimes you have to understand, oh God, that, that it's more than just promises we're living by. God has put this church under the new covenant. It was not for us, just like the Abrahamic covenant was not for us. But God put us under the, the new covenant and uh, uh, Abraham uh, by faith. And we are under this new covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm feeling something now. I, I'm beginning to feel it may be alright tonight. Yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you know what? He said, I want to establish a covenant with you. And in the 15th chapter, he said, I tell you what. I'm going to put you to sleep because you have nothing to do with this. This part of this covenant, you don't have, you can't do a thing about it. Ha! He said, I want, you to, I want you to slay, I want you to divide these animals in two. It's called the pact of the halves. And while this man was asleep, a smoking furnace and a burning torch which was to oh help me Lord to somehow represent Israel's persecution and afflictions and her illumination and her revelation she would be known for that and they went through and he said now you can't handle all of this I'm going to tell you, if you've got everything under control, you, your God's too little. You need a God that's got a big, He's got a big agenda. You done, you, all your dreams come true. You didn't dream enough. Hey, man, you got everything you want, you didn't want near enough. I can't tell you how I felt the Holy Ghost in the room this evening praying about this meeting. I talked to Brother Jason Hood today, Brother Hood. I said, you tell Sister Carmel that I'm praying for her. Well, I felt it come all over me. It won't surprise me. I don't, I don't work in hype. That's not a hype. I don't know what a hype bone looks like, but it ain't no hype in me. But I know what I know. And everything's going to be alright with the Jason Hood family. In Jesus' name. Praise God. And he said, now, I don't have the time. Uh, I'd like to, but you don't want me to. Uh, I got to tell you, said, you know, 
that your descendants, when he don't even have a child, will be a stranger in a land that's not theirs for 400 years and on and on and on. And when they come out, they're going to come out with riches, details. And said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this land. I make a covenant with Abraham under thy seed. Have I given this land from the great, from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates? The promise, the covenant's still good. And when you see that blue star of David on that flag, and they got a blue line at the top of it and a blue line at the bottom of it, that top one represents the river Euphrates. And that bottom one represents the Nile River. They still believe it. It's intact. The covenant's still good. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. And, and, then, and then there was a, another, another, and these appearances. And I, I could go, but I can bore you to tears. But, but uh, in the midst of all of this, I, I want somebody to hear me. Even though the promises, even though there's a covenant, there's failures. And there's disappointments. And there's mistakes. But none of this negates the covenant. I don't know what kind of strength you get from that. But I'd just like to tell you God put us under something. Everything we need, the new covenant supplies. If it's healing, if it's life, if it's power. There was grief and there was pain. And there was mistakes, big mistakes. But Abraham kept on being the man of God. Oh, I'm not, I'm not excusing sin and mistakes. I'm just telling you. That God had His hand on this man. He was making a friend out of him. He was making a friend out of him. And all of these appearances, and I'm laying this foundation to let you know all of this is just fleeting, and He's gone. And He's there, and He's gone. And He's there, and He's gone. We're in church, and heaven kisses the earth, and oh, God! And it's gone. We had it this afternoon. I wish we could have contained it. We have here, brother, years and years of promises. Yes, I got a promise. But I still got situations and issues that I need help with. Yes, I got a promise, but I got a baby. I got a child that don't seem to be able to get well. Yes, I got a promise. I got a prophecy, but I'm still hurting. And it goes on and on and on, and there appears to be no end to it. Because what had went on 25, four years could go on another 20 years. What God can do with these people at 100, He can do with them at 120. 
What God can do with, with Sarah at, at, at 90, He can do with her at 110. Seems like that these things are promised to us, but it just seems like we are content with these appearances. It just seems like we've gone into a culture that this is all, this has satisfied the deeper longing of our spirit. It's a blessing and an hour run and a wonderful sermon. And thank God for the preaching. And then we go home, brethren. And our homes still need revival. We've got issues at the house. We're barren. We've got large areas of our life that needs help. We've got large areas of our finance that we need help with. We're still afflicted by these generational problems that's been in our family for years. We still somehow have that old serpent hanging on that got a hold of us when we was a child. And we go to, to, to meetings and we are hoping that somewhere in this meeting that it will be more than an appearance. That it will be more than a blessing. That I'll get more than just another prophecy. I'm not minimizing that, brother. That's our lifeline. I'm not minimizing prayer meetings when heaven comes in wave after wave after wave. I am telling you, but this man came to a place in his life. And I don't know where you are. I really don't know. Every man has to come to that place in his own life. I don't really know what happened to Enoch when he was 65. Other than a child was born. He named him Methuselah. Somebody wiser than me said that meant when he is departed and gone, it shall be sent. The flood came the year of Brother Methuselah's death. And I don't know if that was a revelation. I don't know if that's illumination when this boy was born. But the Bible said that he walked with God. After the birth of this boy. Nothing about him walking with God before. I am convinced something happened, Brother MacDonald, to this man that so changed his life that it lasted till one day he walked with God. And somebody said, we're closer to my house than your house. Why don't you just come on home with me? He walked with God and he was not. Because God took him. Now we're 24 years into this walk with God. Absolutely, other than material blessings, brother, Abraham has absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
I mean, he's got material blessings that turned out not to be such a blessing. And he's got a boy named Ishmael. He spoke to God three times in 24 years. One time he said, I, I, I can't believe the, the seed promise, the, the descendants. Another time he said, I, I, I've got to have help with them. Faith up for this land promise. Is this all right? And the next time and the only other time he spoke to God was said, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And everything else was Godward to him. Something happened to this man. When we come into the 18th chapter, God passes by. There is no reason for him to come by, brethren. He never said a thing. Every other time, God's done all the talking. Every other time, God initiated every conversation. All other time, God appeared to him and said, and thus and thus and thus, and Abraham would fall on his face. Somehow, something happened to this man. Somehow, when he shows up in chapter 18, he appeared to him. And there's a new man walking out the tent door now. It's the heat of the day. And he perceives that these are no ordinary men. Somehow in his perception, he understands that one of them is God Almighty. Brother, somehow something so deep has got to happen to this man. God, I will thank you for another promise. I will thank you for another prophecy. But God, I, I don't know how to tell you. But something has got to change so deep. I'm racing the sunset. Time is against me and my wife. I don't know if they planned this before he got there or not. But I will tell you this, just before God gave him the, 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 the covenant of circumcision, that was the other half of that, that covenant. The first half, God said, you have nothing to do with this. And the second half, He said, you've got everything to do with this. And He put the mark of separation in His family. This was to mark them forever. I don't know if that emboldened him. I don't know if that gave him the confidence he needed. I don't know what service it was. I don't know. In a hundred years, from 75, he lived to be 175. Every, every what is it, 12 and a half years average, God appeared to him. Well, I'd hate to have to go 12 and a half years on this service tonight. On this meeting. On this word. Say praise the Lord. So when he shows up, it's a big deal, brother. Now he has the confidence that I have obeyed him. I have obeyed him. I've obeyed him completely. And here he is. He shows up. And he ran to meet him. And when God pays a visit, this is my little message. We need to turn our appearances into visitations. All right. God help us. Hallelujah. 
for the first time since the garden. 2,000 years, brother. God is going to sit down and talk with a man. Friend to friend. For the first time in 2,000 years, just like He did with Adam and Eve <laughs> in that garden, He was trying to forge a friendship. I just want you to know He don't have many friends. He is a friend to everyone. But that does not mean everyone's His friend. You understand that when Judas came with the crowd, Jesus said, Friend! That does not mean Judas was His friend. But that meant He was Judas' friend. When that Grumbling, complaining crowd came when he hired the man at the eleventh hour. And he asked that man, said, Friend, I've done you no wrong. That does not mean he was his. That means that he was that man's friend. I cannot tell you how much God desires friendship. You see, when we get through this tonight, we're going to understand that Abraham's main concern was a son. God's main concern was a friend. He was looking for a son, but God had a much, much greater uh, idea than just to supply your needs. I'm looking for somebody that I can be a friend to. I am telling you, God desires decent conversation on the God level. He desires somebody that He can talk to about things that He's concerned about. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands right now and ask God to help us here the rest of this service. Why don't we ask God to help us? Praise God. Come on. Help me. Help me, Lord. My, 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 my. <laughs> oh, God. My, my. So first of all, there was a prayer that said, God, don't, don't leave like you always leave. I know you're with us. We got to, we got to somehow extend this stay. We got to somehow turn this little old short stay into a long extended day here. You, you just understand that this has always been His will to work His life and plan out of our being and our life. Amen. When, when I read about it in Revelation, He said He's going to be our God and He's going to dwell with us. That's what it's always been about, brother. More than an acquaintance. More than a stranger. More than a neighbor. More than a guest. I so appreciated these men that preached here. 
And I certainly understand, and I, I get no more blessings out of a, a message than somebody talking to me about being a servant. And I will tell you the greatest thing that God ever said to anybody is, Well done, thou good and faithful tell you what he said in John 15 he said I called you not servants you are that and more but I've called you friends I won't talk about friendship what happens when God pays a visit he's trying to establish friendship and in the context of a friend, all the promises and all the prophecies and everything that God has ever promised you, they are to be fulfilled in the context of friendship. Not a casual acquaintance. Not somebody that appears and they're gone. But I am saying that God's up to something big. But it's going to come through those that understand that it can't keep going like this. It can't, I can't keep living on meetings. I can't keep living on blessings. I've got to order my life. So the next time he shows up, I'm going to be able to maintain him. I'm going to have the atmosphere that he can feel comfortable in my midst. For him to come and go, I love it, I love it, I love it. But I'm telling you, after 25 years, Abraham could say, I don't have anything but an Ishmael. My promises have backed up from here to yon. Brother Booker, he understood that if I ever get my promises fulfilled, I'm going to have to stop him. And we're going to have to talk. And I'm going to have to spend some time with him. So he said, I tell you what, don't pass away, I pray then. And to his shock, he said, okay. It's not hard to stop him. He went to Calvary to fellowship you and me. He went to Calvary to be my friend, more than just a stranger in my more than a father, more than a God. He wants friendship here, brother. He said, how about me get some water and wash your feet? He said, okay. The possessor of heaven and earth. The Lord God of the great heavens above. Sat down on a stool under a tree while a man went and killed a yearling. I don't know how long it takes to kill a 
But look, I don't know how long. I don't know how long it takes to drain the blood culture. I don't know how long it takes to break the, the bread and the butter. I don't know how long. But here's the God of the universe. I don't know if you hear what I hear. I don't know if you see what I see. I'm going to tell you, I've missed it, brother. I've missed it. I remember one night in a camp meeting. There was a prophecy. It was so distinct and detailed. And they said in the morning at 4 o'clock, I'm going to visit you. You know what my desire is, is to turn these appearances into visitations and keep Him longer and longer and longer. And so, we all heard that. I was a young man. I didn't know much about Him. But 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up like a bell went off. And so I got up and I prayed and prayed, didn't do much. But it was four o'clock. I went to service that day and the elder T. W. Barnes said My what a visitation I had. Said I set my clock for three thirty. I had my house shoes. I had my Bible. He was preparing for him to stay a while. And he said, I was reading. When he got there. And he said, if I live to be a hundred, I'll never forget what happened to me this morning. I don't know what I missed, but I missed it. And I don't know what I've missed since then, and you don't know what you've missed. But this Pentecostal culture will tell you you can live on appearances the rest of your life. But here is a man that had this sensible, this, this perception. I, I've got to have this perseverance. I've got to stop him. I, I, I'm going to see if he'll stay. I, I'm going to plead with him. And, and to his surprise, he said, well, would, would you have time? Would, would you have time, God? I know you're busy. And I know how you just passed away. You, you came and you told me that. And, and I, I started to look and you was gone. And we've lived our lives. And promises. Prophecies. Great feelings. We've read those prophecies, Lord, maybe a thousand times. But as of today, we're barren. And we're spiritually bankrupt. And we desperately need you to come and visit with us. 
I, I don't want to go into all this, but that water, that water he brought was representative of a cleansed walk. A cleansed walk. You, you said it last night. Purifying your walk. And, and this is one of the things that, that, that will make him want to stay. Is that when there is a cleansing and a purifying and a... I'll tell you what you do, brother. You find out what he wants and you do that. You find out what he likes and then get after it. Telling you he went by Bethany and there was one house that he felt comfortable in. Lazarus and Mary and Martha. I don't know what they did there, but whatever they did, he liked it. And he visited. That's a world of difference, brother, between an appearance and a visitation. And when you are satisfied with an appearance, you'll have them. But they will be limited. They will be brief. And Abraham was always alone when these appearances came. Everybody just got them second hand. Nobody could share. But one day, for no reason at all, God just wanted to come by and visit. He did not announce a program. He didn't say a word. He wasn't just in the neighborhood. He didn't have to come through there to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. God is about to show what He's anxious to do with every son and daughter of Abraham. Make a friend out of us. Abraham was no more of a friend than this apostolic church is. Amen. And I don't know how long it took, brother. I'm going to tell you a few things that accompany His presence is worship. He bowed down. Everybody say worship. worship. I mentioned the last time I was here, thank God for praise, but there's a world of difference in worship and praise. Worship is just bowing and accepting the will of God and not complaining about it. Abraham, Abraham took Isaac to the mount and, and, and worshiped. I, I don't want to go there again. But there's worship and there's works. Everybody say works. These things will ensure that He comes to stay. Stay. And then while He was visiting with Him, this never happened in an appearance. He said, I want to talk to you about man stuff. I want to talk to you about what concerns you. Let's talk about your house. Let's talk about this long-standing need in your house. That if this one thing is settled in your house, it will change your destiny. It will open the floodgates for all the blessings that's backed up like a... A, a dam that has backed up a river for 24 years. Whew. 
Brother, you start talking about restoring those lost years. Wasted years. 24 years without a real harvest. Without a real breakthrough. And then he says, I'm going to give it all to you in one year's time. And a tree bring forth what it should have been bringing forth in 24 years. He said, let's talk about what's holding this thing back. I want to talk about the issue in the house. Come on now. This can't ever be dealt with until you get him there to visit with him. This can't ever be removed, brethren. This can't ever be healed by an appearance. Some things that demand Him come to stay a while. And you develop a friendship with Him. You develop a friendship and they stood there and He waited and He waited and He waited while they killed the calf, while they prepared the meal, while the blood was drained and the God of heaven was in no hurry to leave. Mother, we get this atmosphere just right and He's not in any hurry to leave. And you better not be. If you ever get Him in your house, you better shut everything down. Do not answer that phone. You pay that bill. You don't have to answer that phone. Glory! Glory! I tell you, God's up to something big in this house. I know my time's about gone, and I'm going to land this thing. Amen. He says, I want to talk to you about things that you're concerned about. I want to talk to you about the son that's not been born yet. Let's talk to Sarah. Brother, when God comes in your house, long-standing situations are taken care of. Understand this, beloved, that when our whole concept of God and our whole perception of church is bound up in a good sermon that nobody can remember two weeks from now, and the blessings of God that we could not contain in that service. And before the week's over, we're back to our old self again. And our only hope is another meeting. And our only hope is another preacher can touch us. I am telling you there's a better way. And I'm not a prophet, but I could almost prophesy tonight. He's coming back by your way before long. I could almost prophesy, Brother Johnson, he's coming to your house. He's coming to my house. I'm going to tell you what I tried to do yesterday. I tried to turn my little old fleeting feeling I had in that, in that motel room. I tried to turn it into a visitation. Every time he shows up. You may not need it, but I need it. He said, I'm going to tell you what let's do. Let's talk about something that promises don't touch. Let's talk about something that even a covenant didn't touch. 
Let's talk about getting rid of this long-standing problem in the home. Everybody say the home. Come on, say the home. Brother, if we could have revival in the home. God's concerned about what you're concerned about, lady. God's concerned about... And you say, oh boy, I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to tell you, you know when it really... When you get Him and you keep Him there. Because you see, He needed a son. God needed a friend. That's why all the sicknesses come. To get you to spend time with Him. And you want to be well, but He wants a friend. I can't, I can't tell you how lonely he is. I don't know how long it's been since somebody stopped him. For most of the day. I don't know. I'm going to tell you it wasn't hard. He just wanted it. He just wanted it. And he, I'm going to tell you God came by just to give him an opportunity to visit with him. And his life was never the change. It changed his destiny. It changed his, his uh, descendants' destiny. All the promises of God are fulfilled when he, you and him becomes friends. I'm going to tell you what, folks. Change only happens in the context of hope. The devil take hope away from us and we, w- and we can never change a thing. God is a God of hope. That's what preaching does. It puts hope back in our life. I've come to tell you it's not hopeless. It's not helpless. God is going to open a door for you to do more than just briefly... Briefly pass by. Hallelujah. Amen. And he, we're going to turn this appearance into a visit. The song says, "And he walks with me, <laughs> and he talks with me." And he tells me I am his own. You remember that old song? And the joy we share. <laughs> As we tarry there. None others. None others has ever known. <laughs> I feel a possibility here tonight. And then, and then, he gets up and he starts to leave. And the Bible said that Abraham departed with him. We've got a different man here now, brother. I'm going to tell you, some in that village, brother, when he came by, they, they wouldn't want him to stay. And others would be glad when he left. But I'm going to tell you, we better have the spirit of our patriarch, Abraham. And if we can get him here. Everything that I've looked at and prayed for for the last 50 years, brother, yes, yes, it can only come to pass in the context of friendship 
friendship that is developed and cultivated and strengthened as the years go by. God deals with big stuff and it can't just be given to anybody. Just a guest or a stranger or an acquaintance. Then he said he ran after him. And then he said he stood before him. And chapter 18 said he drew near. And then God started talking. He said, Can I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I want to talk to you now, Abraham, about some God stuff. I talk to you about man stuff. I told you that in a year's time, the seed will be born. Now let me tell you what I got on my mind. You don't just tell this to people that just build around. I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be mean. But we had a we had an appearance here today. It could have turned into a visitation. Not to put anybody down. We just this is this is the problem with these meetings. You've got time limit. I want to say this, and I want to say it kindly. I didn't look around, but I'm sure some folks here didn't really, wasn't really wanting to spend much time here. No, some didn't even feel the burden of the thing. And that's the way it is. And you're going to go through life and you're going to die and you're never going to sing your song. And you're never going to do your thing. Because you don't have time. Mm. Say praise the Lord. He said, now I'm going to tell you something before I leave. I'm going to talk to you on my level. I'm telling you, God, I don't think I'm being trying to be smarter or headed, but God desires some decent conversation sometime about things that He's concerned about. He wants to talk to somebody that can talk on His level. I don't mean you, you elevate yourself to God. Read it. It was in everyday language. He said, I'm going to tell you what I'm fixing to do. I'm going to let you look into the mind of God. I'm going to let you in my mind. You're my friend. I'm going to tell you what I'm fixing to do. I'm going to tell you what I ain't told nobody else. And I'm going to tell you when you become the friend of God, sometimes it's like you're looking at a blueprint. That's the future. And you just see it. And you don't know why, but you just know it. Intuitively you know it. Your spirit just knows because you've spent so much time with Him. You begin, He begins to take you into confidence. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Anybody here interested in any of this? Thank you for being honest. Some of you are not. Some of us are. He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. 
We're on our way to destroy a city. Nobody knows this. But one man turned an appearance. He kept him all day long. Never happened before. So here's this man, and I got the clothes. But here's this man. And he says, Wait a minute, God. It's not like you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And the friend of God stood there as if to say, What do you have to say about it? Let's talk about it. Let's mean you talk. I'm going to let you enter into my mind and I'm going to use your intelligence and let's talk about this thing. Uh, Lord, would you spare it for 15? Yes. Yes. Next question. God, I I don't want to upset you, but how about 45? Yes. Abraham got everything he asked for. He got everything he asked for. He quit asking before God quit giving. I'm going to tell you folks, there's a better way. I don't know about your busy world, but you're too busy if you're not on friendship with Him. He said, well, how about, how about 30? Yeah, that, that's fine. Next question. Man, I'm on a roll here. 20, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10. And he quit talking. And the Bible said that God left him then. Somebody say praise the Lord. I, I could go on, I think I'm... Pretty well made this plain tonight. It takes a little time to become a friend. I hope you're interested in it. I hope you're interested in it because you've got lost friends and neighbors that I heard about today. That when you become a friend of God and you've been there a while and you're in no hurry, I- I'm gonna stay here till till he leaves. I, I'm going to stay here. I, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. There's times like that. But if we're not careful. Well, there's a meeting coming up and I'm going to go to that meeting. I'm going to take my whole family and maybe we'll pray through. And maybe somebody will prophesy. And maybe one of those great men of God will lay hands. And it don't happen that way, brother. If it does, somehow it don't seem to last. We got a generation that ought to say amen to that, brother. We have the best meetings and the best preaching in the world. We got a backlog of promises. And we got a backlog of sicknesses and afflictions. And we got a backlog of everything under the sun. When you become friends with Him, somehow the difficulty is gone. 
Let's stand. Praise God. Let's lift our hands here this evening. Let's lift our hands here today. I may be on the wrong page. I may be on the wrong page. Somebody pray with me. I understand, sir, you got it under control. I understand you don't need anything, but there's some of us that need a whole bunch. You know what I feel? I feel the potentials in this house to turn this into a visitation here for a while. Why don't we make it 100% less gather around this front somewhere? Hey, how about you in the back? Come on. Why don't we turn this into a prayer meeting? I had to just bear my heart, brother. It's all I could do today. Nothing special or sensational. Just cornbread and beans and that's all it is. Let me ask you before you get into that little traditional prayer. Why don't you say, God, today I'm weary with my life. I'm weary with my tradition. I've got to have some answers and I've got to have it now. And he'll say, okay. he say, okay. Just become my friend. Let's pray like men, brethren. Come on, let's pr- pray like men of God, brethren. Come on. Come on, sisters. Let's pray like sisters in Zion. Let's pray. There's a spirit here tonight. Tried to contribute just what I could to this meeting. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know those promises of many. You know those prophecies of many. You don't need another promise. You don't need another blessing. You need deliverance. You need deliverance from this right here. Oh God. God, I thank you. I thank you. I've been heavy tonight, but I couldn't help it, folks. I wanted to be light, but I had to give you my heart.